Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Secret Truths, Conspiracies Exposed. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton, along with Mark Willison. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm awesome, Scott. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's a sunny day in the neighborhood. Right on. Good to, good to talk with you. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. It was pouring rain yesterday, and the day before was kind of overcast and miserable, and, and I think I was going in a downward spiral. And uh, it's funny how you get a nice sunny day, warm weather, and the mood just uh, lightens up considerably. <laughs> well, that's funny that you should mention spirals. I was just uh, reading the new update on the Enterprise Mission website, which is uh, one of the guys I like to follow, Richard C. Hoagland. And it's ta- they're talking about this, uh, this spiral, mysterious spiral that, ex- that appeared in the sky over Norway um, in mid-December. And this thing looks at, when you look at it, it looks like uh, some kind of a laser beam being projected into the sky. But in some kind of a, you know, a spiral manner, manner, as if it was a top spinning in the sky. And it looks really, you know, really trippy and Pink Floyd-ish when you look at it. And when you read the the news reports that, you know, that go along with it, they claim that it's it's just the the rocket vapor from a failed uh, Russian rocket that they were testing. And when I was looking at it, I go, well, uh, that's, that's some rocket. When you look at this thing, it's, a, it's just a fascinating you know, picture and, and video, and it looks like, you know, like nothing I've ever seen before. And it kind of makes me, uh, reminds me of like a crop circle in the sky, if you will. Wow. And so it's, uh, it's interesting that they're, they're kind of talking about this thing more and more, and it's, it's continuing to make news because... Uh, a couple weekends ago when I was in San Francisco at the uh, Divine Cosmos conference <clears throat> with David Wilcock, they were talking about how this is this Norway spiral is like evidence of, you know, the big alien disclosure thing that's supposed to be coming out and how the government is going to finally tell us the truth about all the, all the secrets that they've been keeping all these years. I'm beginning to think the government's not capable of telling the truth. <laughs> that's right. That's, you know, I... Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly holding my breath on that subject. So, yeah, if you want to uh, see exactly what uh, Mark is talking about, it's www.enterprisemission.com. <clears throat> and right now, today, as we speak, it's on the front page. And I can see what you're saying. It looks like this big spiral, uh, uh, almost maybe a, a, a top, if you look at it from a certain perspective. Right. And um, you know, as I'm reading through this article, there. They're coming. They're talking about how how it resembles this uh, Cladini pattern. Which, if you were to take, um, if you can imagine taking a violin uh, bow and running it across the string, and having like uh, very thin, like powder dust kind of stuff on maybe on a, a vibration plate of sorts. And as you dr- as you draw the bow across the string, the vibration actually causes the stand on this on this plate to arrange itself into these little concentric circle uh, vibrational patterns, right? And it's, you know, it correlates to the, the vibration of the strings on the, across the bow with the, you know, the way that the waves actually reverberate out across, the, you know, through the, through the plate and, and the sand. And, and it's, a, it's a really, I think, a really good example of, of what they're seeing in the sky here. Mm-hmm. And they're diving into it, and they're... Uh, as I'm reading further through this thing, they're talking about how it might be possible that the actual, this rocket that did, you know, that they were testing at this time in that area, 
that maybe, in fact, it did uh, fail for some reason and that the, um, the plume of exhaust that was coming out of this thing was somehow being uh, affected by some kind of a some kind of a field that has this, vi- you know, a vibrational frequency that's very structured, and would cause the uh, the rocket fuel to basically be be visible in this type of a manner. Hmm. And I think it's just, you know, it's really fast. I, I always love Richard Hoagland because he is very scientific in all of his, you know, he's kind of into the conspiracy thing too. But he always bases all of his his questions and his uh, disbeliefs on actual. Uh, very scientific sound principles. And he used to be the, the science advisor for Walter Cronkite when Walter Cronkite was, you know, back in the 60s when he was covering all the NASA uh, Apollo missions. And so I <clears throat> I dig this guy because, you know, he seems to have some, some credibility to me, seems, seems very intelligent and sharp, and, and he's always thinking uh, outside the box, if you will, and, and not saying, okay, well, it's, you know, that thing that thing up in the sky looks really funny. It's the aliens must be coming, you know, he's trying to find a, an actual scientific reason for it happening. Mm-hmm. And it always kind of cracks me up because every time he gets into it, it always brings him full circle back to the, you know, to the whole topic of, you know, is there, are we, are we alone? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's, I think that's always, you know, it just cracks me up because he does it in such a way, it's a, sci- it's a scientific way, but he ends up in the same place as some of these other people that, you know, may seem a little bit farther out there. Yeah. Well, you reminded me of a documentary that I I watched just last week, and it's called Moon Rising. And uh, in February, on February 25th, 1994, 1.8 million photos were taken of the moon during the Clementine mission. So basically, they had this uh, probe go, and it went around the moon and took almost two million pictures incredibly high resolution photographs and uh, <coughs> the uh, now there may be, there may be some people that say this whole thing is is you know <laughs> fabricated or whatever but when they started looking at these pictures that were re- so NASA got the pictures then they released the pictures to the public and you would start looking at these pictures and if you looked closely you would see that there were certain areas that were smudged out it's kind of like in Photoshop, there's a blur tool, and you can blur a certain part of, <laughs> sure. of the image. And these things that were getting blurred, some of them looked like they were, they could have been, t- I mean, and it's weird, like they blurred it out, but you could tell what kind of shape it was, right? Like it would be a rectangular blur that would go up. You know? okay. <laughs> so obviously it was a tower of some sort, right? Sure. And uh, and the, and one of the pictures that they showed, they said, "Here's this thing, and you know you can't really tell what it is, but based on the size of the crater that it's beside or uh, on the side of, we know that this thing that they blurred out is seven miles long by two miles wide, right? You know, right? So these were massive." Uh, Objects that were—I mean, I don't know if it was a big rock that they just didn't like, or if it was a—you <laughs> know—if it was a spaceship they didn't like. I mean, you can't tell what it is, right? But all, they just showed picture after picture after picture with these things blurred. And if you think about it, if you—if you had a building 
in uh, on the side of a hill and you went to blur it out, you blurred it out basically in the, in the shape of the building, right? Right, exactly. So, you know, so they have these all these different shapes, and you look at them and say, "Well, that looks like that could have been a don't." Like, you know, if I was going to blur something out so no one would know, I'd take a big square bigger than what it is and just blur the whole thing out, right? But it's obvious when you look that they're blurring just to the edge of whatever this thing is that they're blurring out. So <laughs> some look like they're buildings, some look like they're towers, some look like this, some look like they're that. Wow, Basically, fascinating. Yeah, and like why is it that, yeah, like I mean, uh, 1.8 million photos, the majority of which have blurry spots on them for some reason, right? And somebody had to do it and nobody's talking, and what is it that, that could possibly be on the moon that you would want to blur out? That is a good question. Yeah, and, uh, I can only think of one thing, right? That's right. Spaceships and maybe uh, moon bases or old, exactly. or old ruins, right? So uh, that was fascinating. And the other, there was one other thing that the moon... Uh, when they asked the astronauts when they landed on the moon, you know, like, describe it. And they all said gray. And every picture of the moon, and every picture of the moon, sorry, I'm just repeating myself. I mean, every time there's been anything going on in the moon, everything looks gray, right? Exactly. And it reminded me of uh, these pictures that came from Mars about 10 years ago. And, of course, the land, the ground, is all red because, hey, Mars is the red planet. It's supposed to be red, right? Of course. And so this guy <laughs> looked at the picture, and he said, hmm, there's a picture of the moon, the, the vehicle that landed, whatever the probe was that landed. I forget what it was. And what the Americans, of course, always, what you always do, we always do, is we put a flag on it, right? Sure. sure. So he looked at the flag, and he said, those are the wrong colors. Yes. It's not the right color. So he went into Photoshop and he changed the color back to the correct color for the flags. And lo and behold, the sky went from white to dark blue. And the land went from red to what we would expect land to look like here almost, right? And, he, and he's going like, wow, like there's somebody who had to go through and adjust all these hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of pictures so that it looked the way they want us to think Mars looks like. Because if we saw Mars and we saw a blue sky, what would we be thinking? That uh, prob- probably that hey, that place doesn't look so bad. We ought to go check. It. We ought to go see what's uh, you know. Go check Maybe that place out a little live. more. Maybe we could live there, right? That's that's right, exactly. Yeah. So ha- that happened a long time ago in my memory, right? But. The next part that happened in Moon Rising tied into it because this guy's looking at all of these high-resolution pictures and he's thinking, huh, there's lots of different grays. And then he looked at a, a colored picture of the planet Earth, some part of the Earth, right? right. And he grayscaled it. And he said, huh. So then he did the reverse of that to the gray pictures on the moon. Okay? Sure. So, basically, this shade of gray was green, and this shade of gray usually was blue, and this shade was kind of red, and, and, and I don't know how the computer does that and everything else. But what happened when he did it was that he, he, would, he would show a picture of the gray moon, and it just looks like a bunch of rocks and craters and not much there. 
when you do the reverse grayscale, all of a sudden you see uh, like glass dome cities or what looks like they must be bright lights or all of these other um, uh, objects that look like they could be towers or they could be square buildings or on and on and on. And of course, the, even at high resolution, the, it's too high up to be able to expand it and really, you know, get get a detail. Not it's not like Google Map, right, where you can just zoom right in on the top of a house and see what it is, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Right. But, but I mean, it was like it it was just like five, ten minutes of picture after picture after picture after picture, going from grayscale to colored, and you're just going like, oh, because all of a sudden the contrasts are different with different colors than they would be if it's all gray. You wouldn't. It all kind of blur. Again, it's a blurring together of everything, right? And, right, exactly. And I don't know what they are, right? But I'm just thinking, wow, you know, if if everybody was seeing these colored pictures, then there would be saying, let's go up to the moon and figure out what this stuff really is, right? And oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, kids would be going crazy for this stuff. That's right. That's right. So. Yeah, moonrising-themovie.com is, is where you can get it. And it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, it, that's just a little part of what the, what the documentary was about. Far more yeah, of it. You've got to check out the picture on that website. I mean, that's just uh, it's exactly what you're talking about. You know, it shows all kinds of, it's not exactly your typical uh, pie-in-the-sky-looking moon. No. You know, it's, it's got all kinds, you know, I see blues and purple and pink and, you know, lots of bright little things going on. Exactly. It looks like, it almost looks like a populated city or something on there. It does. It really does. Weird. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's interesting because going back to what you were talking about, the Norway spiral, uh, it's possible that there was a Russian rocket that was going off and whatever caused the spiral caused the rocket to... Uh, have whatever problems it ended up having versus the other way around. And if there are, uh, you know, civilizations or outposts on the, on the moon and they're not American or British or Russian or Chinese, right? <laughs> if right. Somewhere else, uh, this they may have just been saying to the Russians and anybody else, like, you know, behave yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? It's just, uh, it's just one of those things that uh, we know somebody knows, but but they're not telling us. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty weird. I mean, I the more I look at it, the more it's just like it, it keeps. I just think of more and more questions, and uh, but it's it's a really interesting read on this website here. They're talking about the harp. Uh, fields where they have all the satellite, you know, the radio dishes and, and what they're doing with those and the, the technology, you know, this talking about obviously something with an extremely advanced electromagnetic technology is, you know, causing this this phenomenon. And it, uh, it, it re it's really weird because, you know, it's like, well, you know, what if they did find anything on the moon, you know, maybe there's, you know, what kind of technologies are we really dealing with here and what are they hiding from us or what is what are they trying to actually tell us maybe they're you know maybe this is indeed the you know the kind of the writing on the wall and they're saying hey you know take notice and, and, and what is this Let's get some people asking some questions and and 
you know, they're, it's amazing where the, you know, the different things that it gets into, you know, they're talking about hyperdimensional physics and, and, you know, the, what, you know, different effects that this, this thing could have and how could it, how it could open up an entirely new world of physics and possibilities for, uh, for our planet. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, interesting, very interesting stuff. It's a lot, uh, it's a, lot, it's a lot. It's a lot more interesting than all the doom and gloom I think out there. You know, to think that you know we actually have a hold of some of this stuff, and there's guys work, you know, knowing what they're doing and working with it, and even trying to trying to say, hey guys, you know, wake up, <laughs> pay attention, <laughs> pay attention. That's right. Lots uh, of lots of interesting stuff going on. Um, yeah, very neat. And it's interesting too that uh, there was, I think. President Bush said we're going back to the moon, and then uh, President Obama just announced a few days ago that we're not. Yeah, that's. Um, God, what do you think about that? That's an interesting about face because the guy obviously doesn't mind spending a trillion dollars here and a trillion dollars there. <laughs> yeah, to, to take out a couple, uh, you know, a few billion for for the space program, which has brought us so many, you know, marvelous like, technologies in our lives. Uh, it, it makes me wonder, and I thought Obama was a space guy. You know, I thought he was all about getting back to the moon himself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's uh, it's it makes you wonder what exactly is going on. And and I know that some of the people that I know that are in the in the stock the stock market world right now are a little uneasy with what's happening in the stock market. And you know, there's lots of speculation that there's something maybe something big is on the way. So what are they concerned about, Mark? Oh, I would say um, probably the the collapse of the dollar would be at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. You know, we we know that the United States has you know been been doing lots of big bailouts and and giving money you know money to these uh, corporations that maybe some people feel don't deserve the money, and how we just keep uh, you know the printing press is just rolling 24 hours a day, and eventually that's gonna you know that that's gonna catch up with us. And of course, like you said, uh, Obama doesn't seem to have any problem spending a, a trillion here and a trillion there, even though it's trillions that we don't have. Uh, I think people are, you know, I think people are starting to to wake up and and you know see the light and and it's uh, you know it's uncertain times. People don't know what to think because if everybody does figure out that hey, this is not going to continue to work, you know, we're not going to be able to continue along this path of you know spend our way out of our hole. Then you know what uh, what are we actually going to do? Mm-hmm. And so, I know that there's lots of people that you know think that this you know that we have a big uh, that we're still in the big bubble and that there's another crash to come and uh, you know lots of doom and gloom and and scary you know scary scenarios without all the you know without all the you know far out conspiracy stuff you know just in the, <laughs> real, in the, in the real world you know people are are concerned with what's going to happen and and I, I don't blame them man I. I can only imagine if some of you know half of the things that are that are happening, if they, you know, for whatever reason, it actually turns out to be true. You know, that's uh, there's going to be a lot of things coming together in a in a bad way. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely true, and it's going to be a very interesting uh, couple of years going to 2012 because whether regardless of whether you think that there's anything to the Mayan calendar and whether it ends or not and I know some people that say no it's just been mis 
totally misread right in terms of it actually being like the end of the of the planet or anything else it still is being set up as a uh, major uh, time change event uh, thing <laughs> right it's like oh yeah you don't you can't have that many people talking about the end of the world without uh, you know someone thinking this is a good time to do something right yeah, that's right. And and gosh, I don't know if we were talking about it on our uh, on our last episode when when I came back from San Francisco, we had you know, they had talked they had discussed this big this big study that they do and they, there's all of these really high-powered um meditators, I guess. There's this there's this group around the world and they they have probably 7 or 8,000 people that will get together in one place in the world and they'll all focus all of their meditation on a specific thing like maybe uh, reducing crime or um, preventing a war from happening or something like that and they've actually done studies that when this group you know goes into their meditative state and does their thing that they can actually measure you know like a 70% reduction in crime around the world wow and how you know the the power of multiple people you know the power of belief if enough people you know believe in something how it literally can come true um, it's it makes you wonder because, like you said, enough people are believing in this 2012 thing. You know, the last thing we want to see is it, it actually manifests in a bad way because you know because we're bringing a, about that reality ourselves. Right? Did you see the movie Knowing with uh, Nicolas Cage? Uh, no, I have not seen that one yet. It's a very interesting movie because <laughs> it talks about the. Uh, I'm not sure if it's set in 2012 or not, but this woman makes these predictions and they they all come true. And she made the predictions in like 1947 or something like this, right? Okay. And she died. And uh, he finds the daughter and they're, her daughter and they're running around <coughs> trying, to, you know, because the predictions are basically, you know, you die on this day, you die on that day, you die on this day, right? And it's all numbers, like these long, and they, they basically decode these long lists of numbers, and it's like the person's birth date and the person's death date, right? Oh wow! And, you know, and and this, but there's only a, a list of twenty or thirty or fifty people, and and they and they're trying to discover what's going on, what's going on, and finally they they arrive at her the last place that this woman lived before she died, you know, decades earlier, and. Uh, they discover the last uh, message that she put on the bottom of her bed. So they lift this bed up, and it's like, and it's like the date everybody else. Right? <laughs> so that's basically the end of the world, right? And it's tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. Oh, it was it was really really good. And of course, the world did end. There was a big uh, flare that came out. And, of course, they're now talking about a flare coming, um, the high point of the solar flare uh, seasons on the sun will be in 2012. There was a, a couple of years ago or a year ago, there was the low, there was the low, and people were worried because for months there were no flares and no one could ever remember having months with no sunspots and no flares and any of that sort of stuff, right? Exactly. And in the movie, of course, this mag this uh, huge flare comes out from the sun. Of course, it just takes eight minutes for it to hit the earth. And all these children have been picked to be uh, rescued. 
Gotcha. These alien ships came down, rescued all the kids, took them to a new Eden, and everybody else on the planet died. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty far out, man. It really is. <laughs> now, however, we're talking about this massive flare potentially coming in 2012, right? So it's just going to come. reality of what's being said, and, uh, sorry, the films, and then all of a sudden reality is catching up. I'm beginning to think that the Men in Black movies were right on when they said you have to read the National Enquirer to find out what's really going on on the planet. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> what, was that, uh, what was that email you sent to me? It is uh, the YouTube video. Let's see here. Yes. They call it. Oh, it's the uh, it's the uh, the Matrix. Neo's passport connecting the dots, and they're talking about you know all of the, the different synchronicities in terms of Hollywood, and then some of the realities that are starting to happen with this with this subject matter. And and that, I think that's you know that's an interesting topic. I think we ought to we have to dive a little bit into that on the next one. And uh, yeah, let's do that talk, and talk about some of this more how you know what's all of these movies coming out, TV shows, and you know, I mean, are are these writers just uh, spontaneously coming up with these ideas, or are they finally getting accepted for putting them production, you know, on TV, or are they, or is the CIA literally giving the, the producers scripts and saying, hey, you guys, you know, put this material out? You really have to wonder. And the YouTube video that Mark's referring to is uh, a clip from The Matrix when Agent Smith has Neo. Uh, for the first time, because they captured him, and he's in this big white room, and he's got a file, and it's just about two inches thick of all the stuff that they got on him, and he kind of moves it over to the side, and in the pile is a passport, and of course, watching the movie, the passport is upside down, and it's hard to see, but if you freeze the frame and you look, you have to remember, The Matrix came out in 1999, Right. The, the expiry date for Neo's passport was September 11th, 2001. Now, that's quite a coincidence, eh? <laughs> yeah, out of all the dates they could have picked for an yeah. expiration date, that's uh, and the that type of movie, of... yeah, and the type of movie that it is, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it makes you wonder. So, yeah, for all of those, uh, for all you X Files fans out there, we'll uh. You know, maybe maybe there's a little more to it that that you know you guys have been getting, given credit for. So we'll do, we'll talk some more about this on our next episode. And uh, thank you for having having us uh, having you guys with us. And look forward to talking with you again on the next one. See you all next time, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye.